Do you, do you Streamlabs OBS now? Yeah, I've been using OBS? that for quite a while, Streamlabs OBS. Really? Yeah. It's, I, I, I've, it's been pretty good for me, besides the fact of this, that now we're live! Welcome to another episode of Zombros! <laughs> uh, another wonderful week of the Zombros podcast. We're joined by my co-host with the most friendship in the world. How you doing, Johnny J25? The most friendship in the world. I was thinking right now, the co-host with the most work behind the scenes on Zombros. You got yes. me doing everything. Coming yeah. up with top. Making yeah. Photoshop for the thumbnails that you don't even use. <laughs> don't even use. Definitely I'm out here not. Hard and it goes underappreciated. It sure does, but not as underappreciated as one of the best content creators out there in the zombies community. Also dabbling oh, in PUBG currently. One of the most talented, as well gameplay oriented zombie players, Chopper. How you doing? Hello. Welcome to the show. I'm doing, I'm doing really well. Thanks for me on. Absolutely. Oh, we're happy to have can you I, on. Yeah, go ahead, John. Can I kick off the show with a question? Hell yeah. Well, first off, Chopper, how dare you? How <laughs> oh, jeez. How dare you leave the zombie community, <laughs> abandon us for PUBG content? Yeah. Who do you think you are? I, I knew this was yourself. coming eventually. I knew this was this. God, this around. question was coming at any point. Um, <laughs> it's actually well. The thing is, like, as much as that's a joke, it's a really interesting discussion. Not sure. only for me. But I think for a lot of people who have also dabbled in other stuff, because it's like recently people have been like, why have you been reinterested in zombies again? Why? Like, because I've been really reinvigorated to play the game again. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been streaming it almost every single day. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's like my my passion for the game has come back and I didn't know why for a really long time. OK. And I was like and, and I actually had a conversation with Liam a couple days ago. OK. And I think like it dawned on me there. I think like the reason that i'm so excited to come back to zombies at the minute is because i stepped away for a while to do something else and it's like i closed the door on zombies for a while mm -hmm. and then my perspectives and and a lot of like my life has changed and i'm like almost reopening the door to zombies mm -hmm. not because i feel like i have to play it because but because i want to you know yeah and it's like those are two totally different things um for a lot of creators it's they they feel as if they're tied down to zombies and that cheapens and, and hurts the experience for them in some way but i feel like i'm able to like i have rediscovered why i thought zombies was fun again in the first place mm -hmm. and it's it feels really good honestly um that's awesome that's i don't know how how many else people are feeling like that but i've i've really had a big comeback in this recently i think a I lot of people are are feeling that way and coming back even i have come around to new perspectives on it i think bo4 was such a a, like you pointed out so perfectly right there. There was these like expectations and the content creators themselves even was having a dialogue with Treyarch where having things like tailor-made so they could have endless content and replayability and it felt like we had no excuse. This was your job. You had to make sure to do this by closing the door like you just said we were able to push back all that, all those expectations, all those other ideas we had about the game and then reapproach it uh, because from an angle of where we originally came from, or at least a new perspective of growing of, oh yeah, it's just a game again, right? This is just a game. This isn't a business. I gotta, I gotta make sure I'm on. It's just coming in from that perspective. I'm curious, even BO4 you've come around to, or, or is it more um, older, you know, World at War through BO3 you've been dabbling in streaming almost every day? Yes and no. Like I've been, I've been doing the maps that I want to play the most, and yeah. typically that that usually doesn't end up being Bo4. Although sometimes it will be, just sure. you know, to switch things up and keep it interesting. Sure. Um, but it's it's almost like I'm coming back as a new person and playing these maps, not for the first time, but like mm -hmm. uh, from an entirely new perspective. So they 
I, I'm I'm really just going into the maps that I enjoy the most, and sometimes BO4 slips in there a little bit, but yeah, yeah. No, it's I, it's been a lot of BO3 mostly, I'd say. Gotcha. See, that's what I, I'm just curious about where you were falling on that. What map has surprised you the most then, since you've revisited? Which one we really gave you this new perspective? Um, it's actually a really good question. If I any. think, I think Shadows of Evil has okay. been a big one. Um, even though that like that's been probably one of my favorite maps of all time. Um, for a lot of reasons, but I think I think playing that has made me rediscover, like, in essence, why BO3 was so great for what it was. It almost encapsulates mm. it in a perfect way. Okay. Um, and I've also been able to look at not just BO3 as a whole, but each map individually, because that's where, like, that's where I think, like, the right level of analysis to judge a zombie game actually is. It's not... It, it's hard for me to judge BO3 as a whole, even BO4 as a whole. Like, it's, mm -hmm. I need to, I like to look at individual maps and or systems in that map to Certainly. get a better perspective of it. I think you could do the same for, like, say, Black Ops 2. Like, do you mm -hmm. do you judge Black Ops 2 on just, like, the Victus maps, you know, like, Transit, Die, Rise, mm -hmm. and Buried? Mm -hmm. Or do you judge it on some of its highlights, like Origins or Mob of the Dead, you know? Like, I feel like that map, that whole game is so divisive on where maps fall on people's, like, spectrum of zombies that it's unfair to judge Black Ops 2 just as a whole. Mm -hmm. That's right. Map map. I agree. Yeah. Right on. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a, that's an awesome opening discussion that'll definitely lead us into a, our high round debate. I'm glad you brought all that up. It's fascinating to see a zombie renaissance of sorts starting right before BO5 gets announced or whatever the next Call of Duty zombie installment is. And it might be just that simple idea that everyone needed a break. Everyone needed to put some distance between us and the game after year and year from... IW zombie, so it was BO3, IW, World War II, BO4. Four straight years of zombies definitely impacted the community in a way that we're still probably processing at this point, trying to self-reflect and be like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe there was burnout like everyone talked about all the time but in in, in various uh levels of burnout that affected people differently on, on a spectrum it's not as simple as the the all the buzzwords that were constantly used throughout the lifespans of bo4 and well it's also worth mentioning that like this zombies renaissance if you want to call it this way that's coming back is at the I would say one of the most dead periods for zombies mm -hmm. in terms of new content that we've ever seen. Sure. So it's like, I, I don't, I don't agree with the people that are necessarily correlating um, the, the, I guess, aliveness of the zombies community with how much new content there is. I don't think, I don't mm -hmm. think they're correlated at all, to be honest. Oh, I or agree. Not very much at least. And because this is a complete contradiction to that idea, but it's, I think if the next Treyarch installment can, I guess, ride this wave of, you know this this renaissance coming back i think we could be in for like a really good year i i agree with that i think a lot of this like vacuum or not a lot of this like zombies renaissance too comes from like a little bit of a vacuum effect where like okay. when you have nothing especially for such a long period that when you get something it feels like it's a lot more than it is certainly i i feel <laughs> like it came into the niche territory like I think we discussed about this, but zombies to me went from being this really larger than life thing that was growing every year and then it really shrunk down and now it's almost becoming these essay specific topics for like my channel or some of the other channels out there like Tim Hansen started up again or you know some of the top fives for Lex have been coming out, the high rounds has been coming out for both you and, and Mr. Telexify as well um, and, and you're seeing this on a level that's more or less the, the niche of the community creating its own content. You look at the Call of Duty Zombie Reddit, it's not blowing up with new posts, it's 
it's the same reposted stuff. It's the same conversations they had. So it's it's very much shrunk down, and now it's like Sly Cooper. I, I will use for example. How many Sly Cooper one two three analysis videos are there? There's a bazil four and themes in time. It's it's a specific game in case you've never played it. Um, but. I can't believe all the retrospectives. There's so many retrospectives out there. Everybody has to say opinion about this underrated, incredibly great game. This this one was much better, and these features were so cool and all that. And, and of that genre, it's not like Sly Cooper games are exploding. The, their movie got canceled. They're not making another game. There's no Sly 5 coming out or anything like that. It's not exploding, but yet there's still content coming out. It just found its stride. Like, there might always be a Sly Cooper video or analysis video coming out every couple weeks or every couple months because that is what the interest is. Where Star Wars is a bit much bigger level, so you continue to you know churn out that stuff zombies has shrunk down to this specific niche i feel like star wars had the same thing going on where it was mm-hmm. like star wars movie after star wars movie and it got exhausting it did it did sure you're also seeing now like i think one of the factors that work too is like nostalgia like oh yeah i see a lot of tiktoks about zombies yeah just be like scrolling through and it'll be it's all nostalgic based Mm-hmm. But, like, it's still, you know, like, people do have fond memories of zombies. Mm-hmm. And I think it's old enough now, especially, like, Black Ops. Like, I mean, Black Ops is almost, like, 10 years old, I think, next year. Something like that, which is wild. Came out, 2015 that, was Black Ops 3. Right? Is that but... math right? Yeah, Black I think 2011. 2011's Black Ops, yeah. Actually, it's 2010 to 2011. So it's technically November this year. It'll be 10 years old. Shit, that's wild. Because 2011 is August. 2011, August is when Moon released. That's when I got my Machinima contract. So that's one of those things is like stapled in your YouTube stuff that gives you a timeline. Black Ops came out November 9th, 2010. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, we're coming up on a decade, which is just, yeah, yeah, I don't like thinking about that. Yeah. That's not fair. And the thing is, zombies nostalgic content, I think, will will always sell to some degree. Like there's always. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be a market for that. I think no yeah. matter what, it's just kind of like a truism. Yeah. Um, and so, and the, the cool thing is that the more time passes, the more, like even something like BO4, we could look at a decade from now and that would actually turn nostalgic. Like it's just, it needs like a, it's a time to, mm-hmm. to, I get what, what do you call it? Like just linger around for a little bit. And um, it's kind of, it's like a nice wine. And even, even mm-hmm. so like we didn't, Maybe BO4 again has these very strange um, feels about it for a lot of people. I think as more time passes, a, a lot of the rose-colored glasses are going to come back on for for many of us. Yes. Oh, uh, and everybody's going to forget about those day one frustrations of <laughs> having blue screens. Well, that's yeah, a that, great that point. That washes away. I want to take that to Zetsubo Noshima. I didn't experience any crashes for Zet on release. I loved Zetsubo Noshima as a launch map, and I think it's aged extremely well compared to the hate it had on launch because of how broke it was. The death barriers, uh, just the gobble gum wasn't working at certain points in certain areas, glitches, bugs, all sorts of things, and occasional crashes really ruined a lot of the taste. But as time has gone on, even when I was doing my Easter egg streams, we were like, when are you going to run Zet? When are you going to run Zet? I want to see Zet. Zet's a pretty good map. I'm like... Wow, I can't believe how this is aged. Similar to Shang. When Shang first released, people were like, I absolutely hate Shang. BO2 with the rose-tinted glasses. People look back on Transit and Die Rise and they're like, you know, this was unique, man. This, you know, I might, it might be a little annoying, but Transit, you know that bus? Beep, beep, man. Bus route B. And I'm like, my boy Ted. 
People mm -hmm. sta people standing die rise. I've never heard of that. <laughs> I think you're the Couldn't only one jumping. actually <laughs> that uh, stand by die rise. There's there, there's literally tens of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's interesting to bring up Zebo because yeah, because like the the thing is with that map, it it comes off arguably the two greatest maps in Zombies history, at least mm -hmm. of them. De and Shadows, like yeah, no matter what came after De was going to be a hard act to follow. Yes, and I think. Zetsubo was a necessary map that had to happen, mm -hmm. but you know maybe it wasn't as um, pristine as, as something like Shadows or, or DE. But it was again, it was necessary not only for BO3 as a whole, but for that map and then also the future of Zombie. So it, it had to happen at some point. But looking sure it at it now, it's certainly um, when when you look at glitches everything aside assuming the map is functioning as it should yeah it's got a lot of really unique concepts and ideas that i think work really well i completely agree that's where one of the maps when people cry the buzzword here it comes brace yourself innovation that map is totally there when it comes to that where it introduced the golden bucket introduced this watering system and imprinting system it changed a lot of the most basic mechanics that was that underlying of what lead to go rock crovey with the mask and testing percentages doppelganger easter eggs a spider bait bite bait easter egg we literally turned into a spider did we, had we ever done something like that before the map i found that zet constantly pushed like how far can we push water mechanics how as in swimming rather than just watering and doing a planting simulator the easter because egg everybody loves the water levels <laughs> exactly good point um i just heard the mario music playing in my head <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I was very impressed with how much of Zetsubo no Shimo was, like you said, needed to set up how zombies continued. And I think that's where a lot of disappointment from my personal perspective and bias in BO4 came in, because I wanted to see a lot more of those masks. I want to see more of those dragon wings. That seemed like a beautiful, natural progression that's a built-in reward system that also function almost like RPG elements, that you're able to upgrade your characters as you play the game and do the proper secrets or Easter eggs. And we didn't get to see that again because, you know, for various reasons we're not going to jump into. Well, because the, like the most basic element of zombies is almost exactly what you just said, like that idea of progressing and making your character stronger, mm -hmm. I think is that's fundamental to the to the mask anyways and actually there was a good topic that somebody brought up when i was streaming the other day yes talking about crutch perks this is something that like oh, classic again yeah. it's a big discussion but <laughs> yeah i i had to kind of like recontextualize this a little bit i'm like since when are crutch perks necessarily a bad thing because mm -hmm. again it, we we see what happens to bo4 when you don't have we'll, we'll call them crutch perks but you integrate that all into the gameplay somehow you know the four originals got you you, you didn't actually have to buy perks for them but you have to ask yourself: Was that part of an like the necessary progression that that had to happen? And mm -hmm. I think, in a way, crutch perks shouldn't be looked at as a villain necessarily. Um, and even you could extend that to ideas like the masks mm -hmm. and whatnot. If you wanted to go even crazier, mm -hmm. you could say uh, some of the masks could be crutch for like boss fights, which mm -hmm. partly might be true. But again, is that a bad thing? I think that's that's where it gets a little more complicated. I think one of the most like tense moments you can ever have as a zombies player is when you go down and then you need to go pick up another quick revive. But by giving the player, you will jug especially, you know, they're really one in the same. Okay, I need mm -hmm. to go down, got to go pick up jug. 
then I got to go pick up Quick Revival or one or the other, whichever you can do most easily. And those are like tense moments where it's like, okay, let's actually focus for a moment here. It's also a punishment for, for making a mistake, which yeah, you, it you felt lose. like there's none of that in BO4. Yeah. In BO4, you go point. down, you already have Quick Revive. Like you could mm -hmm. die on your second down because you weren't able to get Quick Revive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen in Black Ops. Those are, those are really good fundamental points that I would like to add on to. The idea, like Chopper so well pointed out here, is that's the basis of zombies, is constantly upgrading your characters. How many of us were popping gobble gums, which we'll get into the topic today about making it maybe too easy to get to high rounds, but we were now playing with all these things on all the time. So if they're crutch perks, they're essential to the basic tower defense that you needed to, a way to increase your health, a way to deal more damage, a way to reload a little faster, a way to recover after a mistake. Those should be automatically integrated then into the game. But just giving it off the bat, giving us jog 250 health, giving us two quicks, giving us speed cola once you get uh four perks that's a little more better along the line where it's like you still want to feel like you're earning it you're still in the tower defense game instead of just completely removing it it's almost like why not have a separate tier for the crutch perks you can buy four slots of crutch perks and four slots of the new perks that mm -hmm. aid you in a, in a better way to be even better now there's a fair argument to be made of like if you if it's already in there why not just start with it give it to everybody the the formula of zombies at its core is what I think you just hit, or at least what you said resonated with me, is you building, right? It's the, That's part of the addictive loop. Like, I buy a perk, I buy a perk, I buy a perk, I buy a perk. I got four perks. Oh, wait, I can keep going? Well, hell, I'm gonna. I mean, f part of the fun in PC custom maps is just literally nonstop buying every perk. There's one map that's like 22, 25 <laughs> perks. Hell yeah, you want to see how crazy powerful you can get. And, and I think that is a, a really good point both of you bring up and it's something that the, the, an instant stigma was was given to it just like ah these are crutch perks but then on the same day one they go 150 health it's too much it's too much we got it it's too hard the game's too hard dogs and tigers are one hitting us so it, it's like it's a balancing issue right i get it it's a balancing act but then you make it too easy now it's too easy the game so that's why we had to take away these crutch perks and th this this conversation spirals out was it Jason that called them crutch perks? Was that his term? No, I never heard him say that. I don't know where the term... Uh, I actually I don't sure. remember where the term came from, to I be remember. honest. I thought it was the I community was the one. prior yeah, BO4, when, because we heard the rumors of Jug being left. I thought so many videos were being made, and everybody was grieving Jug, trying to rationalize it. I thought that was a community-oriented well, argument. I remember... I, could be wrong. I, I, I almost feel like he coined the word... I could be wrong because I remember when I talked to him like mm -hmm. on the launch of Black Ops 4 and I had asked him where the decision to remove Jug was and he explained it to me. I feel like he used the word crutch perk, but I'm not sure. But just by using the word crutch perk, it paints those perks in a negative light and then immediately shifts the conversation. Yeah. And I, I, I think the word crutch perk does actually make a stigma around those perks that then makes it hard to have like a like a good debate over whether or not they need to be in the game. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I do remember discussing how those perks were used way in with the developers, that they, they were used way more often and other perks weren't getting that use based on the data that they had. So it's that there's a good argument for like, well, if they're using this every game, what if we just give it to them so then they can try other stuff? And that's a completely logical train of thought. 
but it takes away from that the gameplay loop, the core of Call of Duty Zombies that I don't think any of us could have predicted. I, I would have agreed with that logic. If they said if they said to you, those four perks, 95% of players always buy them and never try another perk. Once you go like, that's not cool. Yeah, we should probably try and get them to use different perks, right? Or the better solution is 90, 90% of people are buying these perks. Well, let's make better perks, you know? Okay. Why, why why take them away instead of make better perks? That's a good point. That is a fair. That's a good counter argument. I like it. Well, well here, here's the thing. Also, is like, I think when it comes to the argument of perks, they're ha like with BO4, they tried to flatten the value of each perk. It feels like because removing those crunch mm. perks, they try to make all the other ones like not more or less the same, but also I guess like similar effectiveness in a way. Like, like but put them on a level playing field. Mm. Yeah, exactly. They're, but in my opinion, I I think. Perks were special because there almost was a hierarchy of perks, right? Mm -hmm. You had like you had you had Deadshot, which is fairly low for most people, um, and then comparatively something like Double Tap, which was very sought after. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's almost, in my opinion, it's almost kind of necessary to have that perk hierarchy to place value on uh, certain perks over others. You have a little bit of that in Bo4, but especially removing those specific four, um, I think really like destabilizes that hierarchy of perks, and I think that. That honestly hindered it quite a bit. I love well, I what he just said there well, because I do think... agree with the perk hierarchy though. Mm -hmm. I think something that's also important to it too is like the limit. Mm -hmm. You know, like so. So when you had the hierarchy, you obviously when you have four, you need to pick the most important ones. And I think because you had four perks that were so obviously like the top tier perks, mm -hmm. that I think four wasn't a good number. Maybe five would have or six. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you have to you have to fine tune that a little bit, but yeah. I think the the concept of that still stands. Like there there needs to be perks that are I guess more valuable than others, or at least appear more valuable. Because I, everything else that's that's what caused everything else to feel bland and the same. Well, well, think about that. In game to game, one of the first points you made there, Chopper, was double tap is better than dead shot. But that's not true in Black Ops One. For the most part, I get maybe Deadshot's not the best example, but you're taking PhD over Double Tap, right? But then they improved yeah. it. They changed the hierarchy of value, and by leveling that playing field, almost nothing feels overpowered. So no one wants to try up but new they, perks. They should though be priced accordingly, though. Yes, you know, like it's, yes. it's wild that that Mule Kick, a perk that personally I hardly ever use, mm -hmm. um, is three thousand dollars, or is it four thousand? It's four thousand. Four thousand dollars. My jug is two fifty. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you're going to like make perks more important than others and make that obvious, I think the price should reflect that. How about the conversation with IW then that you probably just brought up? They changed that to two thousand. Mm -hmm. I certainly use that more frequently because having three weapons is extremely helpful when you're playing out the game, and they let you have five perks by default, allowing you to expand past the typical jug, quick revive, double tap, speed cola. And now you can dabble with the mule kick or try out a stamina up or whatever the next benefit was. Do you think mm -hmm. we should be expanding how many perks we can get by default? I think at this point with so many perks, five, maybe six is a good number to set at. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind it also when we did the custom app recently, Volkov, and they gave us eight perks, but yeah. there were maybe like 12 or so in the map. Sure. Because I felt like I still had a good enough perks, and I felt like I had built up my person to be like more powered than normal. Yep. But like, you know, I still had to make a decision of what perks to get. Sure. Um, 
I also want to bring up the idea of like Zet allowed you to get just completing a challenge. You got a free perk bottle. Buried rewarded you for being able to not get touched by the ghosts. Should there be, should it be like expected? Should it be a default that there's a way to get every perk in the map as well whenever you play a map? Do you think that's a good feature or is that something that's breaking the game? Is that making the game too easy? I think if there's i think it depends on the systems of the map actually like if you want to mm -hmm. scale um, like if you have a map as small scale and simple as as like nocturne totem of course that doesn't have any perks on default but let's say i guess let's take something like verrucked sure um having minimal perks in that min i think minimal necessary amount of perks is actually the way to go because okay. then you fall into you fall into like the uh extremely easy or even silly gameplay of something like revelations on bo3 or you fall mm -hmm. into um like it, it starts to feel very custom mapish with like a million different perks which is again can be mm -hmm. fun to some degree but i think when the perks outscale the the map and the systems in the map itself that's where some problems start to happen definitely. and that's when maps can feel boring that's an excellent point because verrucked world at war is definitely a lot more fun than verrucked zombie chronicles when you're pumping yeah. A perkaholic, you have your crate. Uh, what is it? What's the one that pack a punches the weapon? Right, crate power. Uh, crate power. Yeah, yeah. you get it right out of the box, and now it it you basically break Verrucked or knock Darren Toten. You can easily crush those maps. You don't have that same sort of risk reward we talked about. You know, when you go down uh, in there, especially if you're not playing on solo, you're in panic mode in Verrucked if you go down round twenty in World at War, yep. and your friends are like, go go get Double Tap, go get the MP40, go get Jug, dude. You're like, I ain't leaving. I'm, I'm hitting the barrier. Let's go. Like, this is, you're on your own type of idea. Uh, that's an excellent point. Where Origins, that's an extremely difficult challenge for the average player to get all of the perks inside that map. We're buried extremely easy to get all the perks inside that map. So it, it does, I, I like how you qualified that. It depends on the difficulty and the context of the map, thus also reinforcing your point earlier of it. you're taking things map by map, right? If you look at the overall scope of a system of a whole game, it loses the needed nuances of a Verruck Zombie Chronicles versus a Verruck World at War. Mm -hmm. even in the context of bo3 this is why i think like it's it's so difficult to like uh judge an entire game on its own to some degree like if you look mm -hmm. at the giant versus uh, again the most easy one is revelations if you're if you're high rounding on either of those maps mm -hmm. it's almost like you're playing a different video game because the systems in the giant are specifically catered to I guess they're more classic zombies if if you if you want to call it that. And then Revelations sure. is probably the first taste of those uh, just mass amount of safety nets that we were to have in BO4. That yeah. would seem to be like the gateway to it. But again, they, those maps play entirely differently even within the same game itself. And I think the Giants actually a really good example of how to get it right. I think. Okay. In a lot of ways. How so? Um, I think. Part of the reason is the giant has almost no safety nets. There is, there's no zombie shield. There's no cherry. There's no widows. Um, you do have quick revive, mm -hmm. and there's also very limited room to either train or camp. Mm -hmm. um, the the specialist weapon is the annihilator, which starts doing nothing around like forty ish. Sure. Um, you don't you don't have like Ragnaroks that are just an instant get out of jail free card. Yes. Um, it it really it really sticks to the feel of what zombies was. And I think, and the the cool thing about that is, you you get this. You can play the giant in many different ways that all accomplish the same goal. Um, 
and I, I I always use that as like one of the prime examples of how to like design a casual yet good high runs map for more hardcore players. That's Dude, a that reminds point. me of like the exact opposite of say like a dead of the night. Mm -hmm. Where I feel like Dead of the Night very much forces you down the path of doing all its various little side quests, like forcing you to craft the silver bullets, kind of forcing you to make a shield, all that shit. You know, and you really don't get to dictate your play style. I agree. I, that's an excellent perspective I've never heard brought up in this context. I really, really like the point you made. I, I never even... I Because the Giant was the bonus map. It's such a simplistic map. It's, to compare it to where BO3 starts and ends is the default would resonate it with me there, which is not having a shield. How base the shield has been essential since BO3 launch. You can't function in zombies without a stupid shield anymore. But the giant didn't have the shield. You're absolutely right. That's crazy. Well, and maybe, it plays and it story plays wise. Fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're right. That you never played like you never played Black Ops zombies and said to yourself, God, if only there was a shield, you know? Yeah. Very or even transit it. had a shield, but you, it wasn't essential at all. People did not mm -hmm. use it. You wanted jug over a shield, and eventually, I, I'm sure some high rounders probably would argue for the shield as they went on, uh, just because why not? Compared to all the different traps, I think the shield actually originally used to be a, a high round strategy on transit. Like I, I think when the game first launched, it was I a way so. to like infinitely yeah. kill zombies. I oh really? Believe they patched it or something like that. They probably did. I'm almost certain they did. I think I remember that now that you point out. That's the problem with 10 years of zombies. <laughs> More than that now. <laughs> there's there's so many of the... Oh, it all blends together. That's fascinating, the gameplay and how it's developed over the years in such it, a it's way. Like, it's like, why do we... Because the zombie shield, I guess, I think wasn't introduced in zombies with the origins, but I think got its popularity there, I would say. Um, or at least became yeah. a staple yeah. for a lot of people. Introduced so, but in it's mob. Like, yeah, it... it uh, yeah, I guess in mob, uh, but it's like it works in that map for sure because of its systems. But why does that make us think that the shield should be in every map from here on out? You know, agreed. Um, I, I I would argue it shouldn't. There should be maybe different systems in place. And again, the giant is a great example. Like it, it does make the map significantly more challenging to play without a shield, but there's also a lot more thrill in that too. I think. Yes. And also by dropping me. by dropping and switching out different elements within each map, you create variety within your own game. Mm -hmm. Yes. No. If every map has a shield, well, then they're all gonna kind of play a little bit more similarly. That's the sandbox effect, and then each map doesn't have its own identity anymore. Perk jingles mm -hmm. don't exist anymore, and so what's the difference between Blood of the Dead, Classified, uh, Alpha Omega, and Tag Darren Toten, if you just mute all the characters, take away the narrative and the story, we look at the core gameplay, it's the same specialist weapons, it's the same zombies you're killing. Is there any, like, boss zombies? Maybe the Warden, it helps be unique there for that map, but of the other three, uh, dogs all spawn the same. Nova Crawlers, do they, they, they turn up in both Alpha Omega, so it, it just feels like it's the same weapon selection minus one maybe two guns per map. That's where it feels like a sandbox. It's not a zombie map anymore. And think about how well, say, um, Black Ops 2 did with this, where mm -hmm. it was like you had Buried that had five or six different unique, like, buildables. Sure. Like, you had, remember you had the uh, the Surface Resonator. You mm -hmm. had the... Um, head Chopper. Head Chopper. Like, you had all that different shit, and that was unique to Buried. And, you know, so when you're mm -hmm. playing Buried, you could camp and overpower yourself with all those unique buildables mm -hmm. but then they weren't in say 
die rise which only had one buildable transit had a bunch of but you know they were all kind of useless and mm-hmm. then you went to origins which really just had the shield and just was bare bones exactly and and you're also playing around with what the perk selection is on each map because who's who was on one map versus tombstone versus vulture aid so you're having that different selection and even the most basic guns we got the remington new model army inside the game and i believe an, another gun on top of the paralyzer so like it's those expectations that i think this is the core of what chopper brought up that i really like there was like why does a shield need to be on every map well why do we always have to have a boss fight now why do we always have to have one new wonder weapon for every map why does the shield always have to be in every map because now it, it, this expectation leads to the problem that the community had it's just like well it's gonna play exactly how i think it plays and now you're not messing with the systems the same system that they want to radically change with perks well we know it, it's not really changed because the games are all playing exactly the same you're not trying right. to play a different way unless you go I, I out like of your what, way mm-hmm. so i like what you brought up about the perks is is actually a great point because um what they wanted to do in bo4 of course was make it so you'd be trying out different perks on on all the maps right there should be mm-hmm. ideally variety even game to game um but even within the, the same map but the problem is there's like when because there's no hierarchy of perks that that you value over others there's really no reason to change anything once you find something that works mm-hmm. um and i i think that's where bo4 critically critically screwed up there but mm-hmm. i i completely agree with you where it's like zombie maps have gotten extremely formulaic now mm-hmm. it, it, bo3 ha- is kind of an offender of that but also bo4 um mm-hmm. i agree maybe not every map has to end in a boss fight maybe an easter egg won't end how you expect it to um and I think we're we're missing a lot of that in zombies at the minute. Um, and I'm not sure what could be done about that because if we, let's say we did a zombie Easter egg, well, Tag is actually stepping into that realm. There wasn't actually a boss fight, but there was like Agreed. a big ending step. Yeah. But all and people I, were critical of that though. True, but um, and I think people liked it. Uh, for some did I, that I was it wasn't okay necessarily. Yeah. For for I, the seasoned veteran, I remember. I remember. I remember like commenters which you know take commenters with a grain of salt mm-hmm. but I I, I I don't know i could be wrong i i understand the point it's a mix because bet. you wanted to end obviously you're ending the ether storyline this entire saga you want yeah. to end it off with some kind of big bang i i get that yes. but even just like like regular dlc one or two maps they don't i don't think they necessarily always have to end in a boss fight they can end in an interesting way that doesn't have to be a three-wave big boss battle you know what i mean so yeah well, um, Darkest Shore is part of the reason I liked it so I've much. Been, is I've been saying that since Darkest Shore. It, it, it shook it up, and I know people hate it. Darkest Shore. It's like why I'm just fighting waves of the same type of little more health enemy. It's like how many? How, you're not going to get the DE boss fight over and over again. Once it changed the game to these raids, then again, identity crisis time for zombies. Are we doing this every map? Is it going to be too formulaic? I also want to bring up the point with the hierarchy of perks. There was something special that. The, the perks almost there's i forget what game i'm trying to think of or i, I know i've experienced in games but each perk should be unbalanced in a particular way where it's a really big buff in one area but it's a detriment in another right it's like well i don't yeah. have my jug but i can shoot the ground with a uh, mustang and sally all day and i'm never gonna die i can shoot with the ray gun it's fine thank god for phd because i can i probably don't even need jug if i have the right explosive weapons with enough ammo uh maybe a mule kick and three different uh explosive weapons 
can easily compensate for some of the most necessary or more overpowered perks. I don't need to run stamina up because of how big an advantage is. When you flatten the line with what we had inside Black Ops 4, you don't, like, there's not a single perk that I sit there and being like, this is clearly way better. Like Dying Wish and uh, Widow's Whale. No. Winter's Whale? Winter's, thank you, thank you. (laughs) Winter's Whale, they basically do the same thing. They save your life, get it out of jail free card, but, you know, Winter's Whale got a nice buff, and you got, it acts a little more like Widow's Wine now. But essentially, you're doing the same thing. There's not this big dynamic difference in play style, even perk to perk. Some, yes, very much so. A freaking dog spawns Luna, and you're killing somebody with a perk that way versus being able to see zombies through walls. But how how many people are using death perception versus, you know, some of the other perks inside that game? So so you definitely did have that uh, hierarchy, but there's, like, perks that never use. Don't even try it for funsies, bottom line. That was, like, reserved for just Deadshot, and even Deadshot had its value given the certain Stand games. By. I forget I forget which which game it was, but in one of the games Deadshot had an auto aim that was insane on PC. I forget which game. Also, BO2, what do you remember one of the biggest problems of BO2 guns were people were like they're not powerful enough, the gun sucks. They purposely pushed the spread on every gun to a ridiculous amount yeah. unless you bought Deadshot. And that took me forever to to really understand when I sat down, did the classic like T-Mart in old school videos where it's like, oh, I'm going to shoot at this wall and see the spread. And then I'm going to do this and see with an attachment and see the spread. <laughs> when we did Deadshot, it's night and day. If you use Deadshot, you, the bullet spread so much smaller, you're getting a lot more kills. It's actually acting like a double tap too. I want to say it was Black Ops, but I can't for right now remember which one it was on PC. But what you mm-hmm. can do is just constantly um, just like spam yeah. the left trigger and it would just ping from head to head to head. I think it's BO1. <laughs> I think you're right with BO1. It's been throughout the games. This sounds right. Yeah. But to a certain, to the extreme degree you're talking about, BO1 sounds about right to me. I think BO1 Deadshot also had a headshot multiplier too. Ooh. It's one of those perks, underrated. <laughs> standing by deadshot underrated i think it depends on the situation the guns you're using if you got a ray gun it's like who cares right but if you're using uh normal bulleted weapons where headshots matter definitely yeah definitely no one ever no one ever talks about it though like, Fair. no one ever talks about deadshot <laughs> oh god john <laughs> well we talk about it to uh i mean to clown it and i think it's like what what perks do you clown and be for what perks are like humorous that are that are uh memorable and it's like Here's the problem. None of them Bandit, are memorable Bandit. in Black it's, it's Ops like who, 4, who, who, You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, who, who who cares? It's like, Deadshot was... Deadshot's kind of a meme, not because it's useless, because it's actually not useless, but because it's the useless of the perks, like, for the most part. Right. Um, and I think, like, having the ability to get all the perks in a map is not necessarily a bad idea, because, yeah, you're going to end up with those useless perks, but it doesn't really cost you anything. You're not sacrificing... Um, a necessary slot like if you pop a perkaholic you're gonna end up with deadshot or mule kick or whatever but you're not sacrificing a slot like you wouldn't be before like okay i need to make room so i can run deadshot there's there's none of that so you, that just made me think about you pop a perkaholic or you got like a wonder fizz and you get deadshot you're like shit you're mad. Yeah. You're like, God dang it, I got dead shot. Because so many of the perks are so good. How many times... When you're spinning, if, when you're spinning the Wonder Fizz machine for Widow's Wine, and you keep seeing that stupid oh, gray bottle pop up. Oh, right? But 
in the newest game, how often do you end up... And this isn't just trying to shit on it. We're just trying to talk points about the mechanics of it. I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, eh, bad, eh, it's terrible. Just comparison is, is all I'm looking at here. Because there are plenty of positive points to BO4 that I, we should we should touch on, actually, since we've been so negative about it in some respects and for some perspectives. Um, I'll, get a, I'll pop a perkaholic, right? And I'll be like, yeah... I don't know if this is good or not. Like, I do, but it's like, I don't have that as big a feeling as, like, when you might pop and get four, uh, you, you're doing on the house, right? And you get a, a specific perk, you get Widow's Wine. You're like, hell yeah, is my fifth perk is Widow's Wine. You look here, I mean, Deadshot is a, is a good perk. So you just start sort of like, okay, I got Deadshot, Stronghold, I got Time Slip, and Electric Burst. Okay. They're fine. It's like three of them you're probably not even going to use at all. Yeah. Um, it, so they end up just kind of wasting space and just sitting there. Ex yeah. So that's very much what I, f I feel. But what are some of the good gameplay mechanics then, since we've been talking so heavily about this? Uh, uh, BO4. What can we mm -hmm. take from BO4 that, got that they got it right that we should hope to see mechanically that helped enhance the game? Um, I actually thought a lot about this because... Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure why I didn't... Well, I, I figured it out now, but I think the thing that BO4 tried to do really well is, for high runs anyways, they mm -hmm. wanted to scale the difficulty as you go on. Because the thing is, like, if you're playing any zombie game, going round 1 to 30 is a big increase in difficulty. There, there is a, an actual progression there. Going from rounds 100 to 150 on a map it's it's not that different it caps out at some level and it's just about time at that point but what bo4 did especially the biggest change i think was the inclusion of round 55 super sprinters they okay. they wanted to scale the difficulty as you keep going through those even um higher rounds that you know most people probably won't even get to mm -hmm. but was that the right decision to bring the super spinners necessarily i don't know um i don't mm -hmm. know how you would scale the difficulty particularly in that instance. Mm -hmm. um, I just don't think that was the correct way to do it, in my opinion. Sure. It fundamentally changed the... It changed the entire way you play the game in, in every sense. Uh, so I think there's other ways that could scale the difficulty along with how the progression, let's say 1 to 30 in any zombie map should be. It. I'm not a game designer, so I don't know what I would put there in place, but I don't think super sprinters are it. But the concept is there. Yeah, I think in most zombies games, with the exception of Black Ops Four, the game maxes out at thirty-seven. Like I think mm -hmm. I, I think it's around thirty-seven. The spawn rate caps out, and um, the health increases, but that's not really an effect on difficulty. Yeah. Um. I think I think toying I think continuing to toy with the spawn rate is one of the things I need to do. The like, like the max zombies like per screen basically. Um, no, the spawn rate is in num how quickly they enter the map. So from, oh, from, from like spawning and then leaving the window, I think that maxes out at 37, which, you know, when you, when you change that rate, that makes it a lot harder to time your runs, especially when you're training in tight areas. Ooh. Sure, you know? So Ooh. zombies become immediate after around 37. You don't need to worry about the zombies spawning in faster. They peak at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you, if you like if you keep increasing that and then also play around with how they come out, you know, maybe flooding them all from one window or flooding them from two windows, you know, changing that. I think that's huge. I think it needs to be something that you can also like, uh, 
adapt to as you play because the thing mm -hmm. with super sprinters it was just like increased speed it, it just felt yeah. sort of unfair not necessarily something you could adapt to it's like and okay it felt... now how do i boost my speed in compensation for this well you really can't um yeah. i i kind of agree with your point john though like if you increase i guess the spawn rate that they come into the map it has to be done in a way where you can adapt to it do it gradually um, and then you just, can slowly yeah, yeah. acclimate yourself to it, you know? Exactly. Based on, I guess, your own skill as a player. That should yeah. that should be the determining factor rather than do it I reminds, have stamina? It reminds me of, like, Tetris, where, like, mm -hmm. so I play a fuck ton of Tetris 99, like, way too much. Um, and, like, the game gets faster as it goes on. And when you first start playing Tetris, like, people who are new to the game, it doesn't, like, they can hardly survive when they're, like, the last few people left. Sure. But for me, like my brain just moves at like a million miles per minute when i'm playing like in the last few people in tetris 99. if you don't do you know tetris 99 is by the way yes um i briefly like uh, I, I know of it's it. like it's like a battle royale tetris in case people don't know and every <laughs> time somebody every time somebody leaves the game it gets faster <laughs> till eventually it peaks out i think like when there's 10 people left and it's at like max possible speed but i've played it so much now that i've adapted myself to that speed sure so like i can play tetris really quickly and it's just not something that because i'm inherently good but just because i've played it so much and i think you could do the same with zombies where if yeah. you slowly acclimate people to it eventually the good players will learn to handle it exactly i have some That's points that I bring up here uh chopper when you talk about super sprinters one of my biggest gripes with them and simpler to the staple why you need a shield is the game is deciding to win that's one of the times that's like a fundamental phrase that i've thought about over the years that typically comes up in gaming where i just get pissed it's like what do you want me as the player to do the game is just deciding oh i'm gonna win right now because uh they're as fast as possible you can't outrun them okay mm -hmm. so there's nothing to, to do anything about that there's certain like higher difficulties of, of certain games where the game will just decide yeah I, I'm, I'm gonna win here you can't actually do this and a lot of strategy games and stuff like that it comes up often so what can you do from a developer's perspective um was what i was gonna ask john did a really great job of giving another suggestion because i want to do the basics so coming from the developer perspective right instead of just saying like fix it we can make them uh their health law bigger and bigger as rounds go on well that's shit because bo4 or bo1 had that problem rounds are hours long they're bullet sponges that doesn't that doesn't make the game any more fun it's not testing anything it's just talking about time and concentration which is a constant criticism that some high rounders show as their badge of courage i i don't want to take that away for them some of them very much believe that is what it's about it's about me being able to stay focused for 12 hours i can continue to do the correct strategy over and over it's about endurance and focus that's what high rounds is about it has nothing to do with skill which very arguably is a fair point to be made okay so but next thing we make them faster if you're just going to train the zombies all the time let's make them as fast as possible let's make sure players can't get away from them and that'll increase the difficulty as time goes on but like you said after round 55 the behavior is exactly the same i they like also can never be faster than the player because at that point then you can't survive I thought super sprinters are faster than a player. Are they not? When, when, I, I believe on BO4 when you don't have stamina up, and if you're just walking, they they will easily outpace you. Even okay. with stamina well, up, if you're walking, I, I think they can, they're around the same speed. What I mean, though, is... like I, I think dogs are as fast as the player, and I think you can't okay. go faster than that, because if it's impossible for you to run away, no matter how what perks you have or anything like that, then you just you're just going to die. So that that already has a ceiling. Okay. 
by, by by having a natural ceiling, it's not something that I think is smart to progressively increase. Fair point. So I like the idea of changing the zombie behavior as high rounds go on. Maybe if it's not feasible from a development point of view to really do too much more for high rounds, especially because it's so unstable, it's so difficult to test, the higher you go, you have a generator, basically a random number generator, and the zombies are going to behave differently. Not so... So I'm going to make a comparison, but stick with me through it. Remember how in Shinonuma, it would like reset the zombies' damage, the health, right? After a certain amount mm, of time. I mean, are you talking insta-kill? Yes. So after a certain amount of time. That's like every map in World, in World at War. In World War, right. They're, they're, their health would, Black Ops 1 did that as well? Basically what happens is, um, so the health is stored in a 32-bit number. Yep. And once you reach that, um, it basically rolls over into the negatives the game sees that the health is negative and goes well that's not right and kills the zombie gotcha um so okay. that's what's going on there so like that type of idea but don't put them back down to like shambling we when you're in the high rounds you don't want them to be taking five minutes just to come out of the barriers again and get at you but i like like flooding it from two at a time right or having what they tried to do initially in bo2 where you did have a couple shamblers that would throw off your your trains if you can somehow change the zombie behavior that could impact the game as well as maybe even add in specialty zombies as time goes on in different rounds. You add in like a hunter from Left 4 Dead, uh, obviously not exactly that, but if you add something like that in, that's going to disrupt the gameplay, but you have to toe that fine line of, we don't want a bazillion special infected zombies. But maybe every round, sort of like, you know how dogs break up the pattern, well, maybe unbeknownst to you, Another special type of zombies there just to try and increase that difficulty. And there's even a reward to it. Once you reach round 50, round 100, 150, you're getting exposed to these new functioning zombies that are then mixed in every round or not, where you got to keep your eye out for maybe one of them or two of them. And that will help change the pace where now skill is back involved with the focus and endurance of high rounds. It's a suggestion that I, I wanted I actually, to float out there. It was, it was a good... It was a good point you brought up about BO2, um, where like you have the random slower zombies every once in a while. Yeah. Personally, I not I know not everyone liked that. I actually thought that was a good idea mm -hmm. because again, it wasn't like it wasn't like a zombie that was faster than you. It was this is here as an obstacle. It's gonna disrupt your train a little bit, but it can it can be overcome with quick thinking. Um and I actually I, I really and the thing is about BO2 high rounds too, is like that allows that allows each round to feel a little bit different too because you never know where that slow zombie is going to be a lot of the bo3 did this bo4 high rounds pretty much everything else from that point on a lot of the high rounds and again depending on the map as well but they all feel identical to the to the last round. The the zombies move the same they mm -hmm. do the same thing you just get the next number it's really nothing previously you did uh not the round before but i actually think the slow zombies everyone's want was not not a bad idea Mm -hmm. I think it also, if Treyarch really wanted to get clever, is throw the slow zombies in strategic locations. Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't, I don't know how you would go. I don't know how you would go about this. But if you throw the slow zombie Ooh. in a wide open room, they're much easier to avoid than if you throw them in a narrow hallway. Sure. I don't, I don't know how you would take, do that. Take a step further. There's barriers that when you do these high round runs, you know zombies almost never come from a barrier that's there. You know for sure almost never spawns there. It's it's such a rarity. It almost never occurs, especially when you get the correct setup. All you do is you float 
on the higher rounds one slow zombie out of there and now you've disrupted like i know i have my strategy everything's going and then you have to do that quick peek like you rarely do depending on the maps or not like at keep, all it's like, keep, it's like keeping the player honest yeah where all of a sudden it's like you know you thought i was completely safe in this one aspect and it's not annoying where all of a sudden i'm flooded and it's like well okay the game side the win great all right it's like breaking down a wall we don't want that where they suddenly appear out of nowhere it's like well i didn't know they were gonna do that that's terrific but where it gives you that chance where you can be like managing 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 crap i gotta take care of this back back okay and that helps change the gameplay a little bit you know, that's, that, that, again, it. that's kind of what zombies built on. It's like the unpredictability. It's like, where, where are they going to come from? I mean, you know where they potentially could come from, mm -hmm. but you're never like, you're never fully safe. You never know how many are coming in at any barrier at one time. And so I, mm -hmm. that's actually not a bad idea at all. You know, Reed, to put this in your world, it reminds me of like, like baseball. Yeah. You know, like as a pitcher, mm -hmm. you know, like if you're on base and you might, you might have no intention of stealing, mm -hmm. but you might want to lead off a little just to keep the pitcher honest. You know, exactly. Keep him honest exactly or even uh you got to be ready to field as a pitcher as well nine out of ten times a ball's not going to come right back to the pitcher but when it does whoosh, blah, gotta, it's a, gotta make sure you take care of the deal there um i wanted to uh, yeah go ahead oh i was gonna say another thing i know treyarch has toyed with in the past but i know they didn't implement was um affecting zombie spread okay yeah so yeah you know, when zombies are chasing behind you they relative they kind of stick to like a, a little bit of a snake or, you know, as everybody used to just a horde. Mm -hmm. um, but if you widen that and you make it rather than like a snake, a big blob, mm -hmm. that's interesting too, because suddenly you can have zombies covering it rather than, you know, like taking up what would be just like one lane. They just cover a whole hallway. Mm -hmm. Zombie spread is, I think, something you could toy with. Just uh, changing it each round so that the movement of the zombies feels different from yes, round to round. That's a great idea from round to round. The, I'm pretty sure they put that in mutations, that you can play around with that in mutations. Did yeah, I'm almost yeah. certain that function was slid in there because I remember Jason talked about that at Zombie Chronicles, and then I remember being excited at launch that I saw that in mutations. So that's something we should. I, I want to double check. Don't quote me on that one, but I want to. I want to look into that again because that might be a fun idea to bring up for a future mainframe video. John Spitting Fire again, playing with the spread. And so you can literally see the difference of how players have to adapt per round. Now, chat mm -hmm. floated this. Um, idea a little while ago and i wanted to bring it up uh, what about gameplay oriented bosses thinking like cod mobile that maybe after a certain amount of time you do have a type of boss that you have to fight that isn't story related is that something that you that belongs in high rounds is that even zombies identity we've seen it implemented like again i'm repeating myself here but cod mobile where we had the, those after 10 rounds you spot fought some crazy looking creature it had a health bar does it need a health bar do we go down that path is that a way to disrupt the gameplay of high rounds or and keep players honest keep it interesting or is that not even zombies anymore is that is that a place we don't go well, what is say, you know what is zombies like, though yeah, mm -hmm. I, okay. I guess yes. that, that's that's what's difficult about it is like sure. if we're differentiating, I guess, like a mini boss on a given round with a, with a full on boss fight, that is, I guess, like a a, a venue away from the main show. Um, I I'm not so sure that's like I I don't think that's what zombies is, but I also not going to say there's not room for it to be implemented somehow. That's that's tricky. I haven't really thought about that a lot. Mm -hmm. It's one of the like zombies goes everywhere, you know. You have you have Nazi science fiction, 
and then dragons on the other end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Cthulhu, also in another lore. Yeah, you have raid bosses, and then you have, like, Noct, which is inspired by, um, like, what you call it? Tower defense? Tower defense games, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and over, like, 40-plus zombies maps. (laughs) Like, what haven't they done, and what genre haven't they stolen? Yeah. That I, I don't think you can pigeonhole zombies and say, well, it's this kind of game, so we can't do that. And now maybe even do that for specific maps, right? I mean, that's what they try to do with Classified to have it as a reward to get the cutscene at round 155. What if only certain maps will trigger gameplay bosses? And does it need to be a Warden gameplay boss or could it be a bigger type of boss? I I think it's a fascinating thing for Trek to play with, but there's the argument that always comes up. 90% of players don't even get that far. Casual players don't get past 20. They don't get past 30. And that gets into the topic of today as well. Did Black Ops 3 cheapen high rounds because Gobblegums were that bridge to try and allow players to get to higher rounds. I'd be curious to know what your guys' opinions are on that topic for today. Did it cheapen high rounds? Did it make it too easy? Did it ruin high rounds by allowing uh, Gobblegums in there or and or the systems we talked about as well? The Shield, the Ragnarok, Specialist Weapons and BO4. Like, Does oh, all that take away from high rounds? Stuff. Okay. The issue's not those; it's the double pack a punch. Oh, okay. Because I've been so I've been I've been doing a lot of videos on world record runs, and I've been mm-hmm. watching a lot of world record runs. And mm-hmm. the most boring world record runs to watch and talk about are the Black Ops Three ones. Okay. Because for the most part, you know, sometimes there's interesting tactics. Like I was talking to um, somebody who knows Five really well, mm-hmm. and they were explaining to me that there's three different versions of the um, of the Five like training route. You have, like, mm-hmm. the original one, what they call 2.5, and what they call 3. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's slight variations that make them more efficient than the others, and there's a little bit of nuance there. Whereas I watch people just train in, like, the Giant. They're just training in the uh, in the spawn room, running laps, and then just using double pack-a-punch to slowly pick off the zombies with the um, with the various effects that they have on their weapons. Mm-hmm. It... it I don't know if it cheapens high rounds, but I've seen this sentiment in my comments, and it definitely makes them less interesting from a nuance perspective. Okay. Chopper, what about you? You've been running yeah. round 100s recently. What do you think? I guess it depends on what you mean by cheapen. Do you mean like... Because if, if you look at it from the perspective of like making it, yeah, a little bit easier for anyone to get to round, like round 100, we'll say, like, sure. Um, okay. But at the same time, going to the the double pack a punch thing that John's talking about. I agree, but at the same time, you're you're almost screwed no matter what you do for high rounds because with mm-hmm. with BO1 uh was probably the worst offender of this. Again, I I'm not taking away BO1 high rounds at all because I, I I like to do them myself from time to time, but also at the same time, I don't think they're I don't think they're significantly more difficult than some of the harder BO3 maps will say. Um they just require a little bit more of a time commitment, but regardless, mm-hmm. um you're screwed no matter what you do. BO1 was all about running traps and just moving in a very particular way. And that can mm-hmm. get really monotonous. The thing about BO3 is it still allowed you to use your weapon, mm-hmm. which, which, uh, again, I guess does take away a little bit from the importance of Wonder Weapons, but it at least kept it somewhat interesting from a core gameplay perspective because you weren't like... When you get to a certain point in BO1 where the only function of your weapon is to get points. You're not killing zombies with it, unless it's insta kill, of course. But sure, um, you actually still you're you're allowed to use your weapon the entire time, and they tried to mitigate that in Bo4 with the nerfed um, effects in there. And again, it's a, it's it's just like 
it's this really hard balance to get right, but essentially you're screwed no matter what you do. So I think a game that has a combination of both um, actually is is probably the proper way to go. One that can be done with, with weapons or can be used for traps. But being too heavily on one side, I don't think is necessarily a good idea. Very good yeah, point. I think cheapened is probably the wrong word to use as well. Mm -hmm. And it's not a sentiment that I necessarily like hold. Mm -hmm. I just know I've seen it come up quite a bit as I've been, as I've kind of been diving more into that world record world. Certainly. Like, well, that's why the title is exploring these ideas because these are sentiments we saw echoed by a lot of people. I've even seen some gatekeepers in the comments already trying to tell us tell people or commenters about what is high rounds what constitutes being a good player what, like if, you're what doing is... a, if you're doing a bo3 high rounder you're not a real high rounder right like the real ones so are on black ops and it's it's a lot of gatekeeping and it's not it's, it's right because that definition so broad is like what is zombies what is a high round run what, what is it a skill once again it gets back to that conversation where i hear like this is a skill-based thing is like is it though like someone in chat brought up once you get to round 40 you've now seen every round after round 40 for the most part they're all yep. going to be just about exactly the same depending on what game you're playing on now is it patience is it focus is it money management is it resource management is it you know so can you use your weapon did you get the right wonder weapon early on the setup is normally the process to get to high rounds and then once you get there the skill isn't there anymore it's no longer yeah, a test of skills but it's Yes. Is the, skill, is the skill even there in like some of the OG games? You know, the basic Agreed. strategy, the basic strategy for getting to a high round in Kino mm -hmm. is to just sit in the fire trap spot where all the zombies run into the fire trap and the zombies can't hit you. And well, again, then, I think that depends on map. I, I don't. Yeah, think well, that's that absolutely. But yeah, you know, somebody will tout like a record on Kino as being more valuable than a record on, say, like Shadows. Mm -hmm. But like the standing in the in the fire trap spot really require skill? I don't think so. Well, I have a, another great uh, comment in chat that I very much want to highlight. Hey, even relaxing ends in on this. I love it. So we'll get to that in a moment. The legendary master the legendary fart master is his actual name great point just because it breaks the game doesn't mean it makes it worse this is a point i wanted to bring up earlier that also reinforced what i was talking about of how in a certain direction it'll push a game where everything's unbalanced it makes it fun modern warfare 2 is a great example of that where you made a trade-off if you were running your commando pro and you had your deagle knife that was one way but you were at the cost of not being able to have your new tubes or your explosives there was all different ways to put your most overpowered items on and everybody had these different extreme boosts to balance the game so in zombies is the same respect and uh oh obligatory resident evil reference you can play the game normally right but if you get the rocket launcher you break the game but i adore playing with the rocket launcher because also i've optimized the game i know the routes i'm figuring out the puzzles as fast as possible i'm trying to see how fast i can speed run this and i think that there's something valuable to that because speed runs are something that are core to easter egg gameplay high round runs those are little niche aspects of those communities um and the relaxing relaxing ends comment was it's not cheap if you got to buy it's not cheap if you got to buy a lot of microtransactions to get to high rounds and he had a little oh that's what mtx meant <laughs> yes i've been trying to figure that out for a minute now <laughs> I'm, stupid. I'm stupid yeah I will, I will say a lot of the, that's a lot of the good... record runs I've seen don't use gobble gums you can buy. That's almost actually, a staple. That's actually, why Smart does to, that. If you go to zombierecords.com, most of the um, like 
classic gobble gum records mm -hmm. actually are higher than the uh, mega gobble the gum records. Yep. Because now that comes to what Gamer Guy just pointed out in chat, are you now taking it as a competition between people? That's better because it's an even playing field. So now are you measuring it by megas or are you measuring it by classics, right? That's why I do my speed runs with megas because I'm there for fun. I'm not trying, I don't want to get involved with that high end because that's even smaller portion of the community that's trying to do an even bigger, aiming for an even harder part of a hardcore niche group. That's an even, it's so fractioned. It's like for Treyarch to tailor the game toward just them, now all of a sudden you're leaving a lot of players in the dark or possibly a BO4 problem. We're going to make something for everybody. And then you yeah. end up making something literally for only one group. For no one. Yeah. Uh, essentially, but yeah. essentially no one in the big picture. But I want to say someone because there's there is a hardcore audience that is smaller but vocal that talks about how much they love this game. They love BO4. They think it's a perfect game, or they think it's close to it. It has its flaws, but they played day in and day out. They love zombies on it, and I definitely want to acknowledge them because mm -hmm. they they're there. They have they have gone nowhere and since it's released and it's fascinating to see how they continue to to evolve their opinions as well. They've become even though they enjoy the game, there's almost like a little bit of a maturity that has come from where it's like they don't have to defend the game as much. I wish people would stop being so defensive about their opinions on whether they like a video game or not. Um, we do it. That's we just talk. We, we're bullshitting, but commenters, I feel like they take it so personally and some creators do too to be fair actually to be very fair well well i was gonna say like that i guess i i don't think i was ever i don't know if i really held any strong opinions about zombies or anything like that but again mm -hmm. kind of going back to what we talked about at the beginning when i was um when i shut the door on zombies for a little bit it was pretty much after zwc2 i kind of officially closed the door for a while sure um coming back like with that with that new with that new mindset looking into where zombies are right now like i'm just i'm a lot more relaxed about these things like i don't feel the need to defend every little thing that i like or dislike about zombies i don't i don't know yeah like the passion for the game's still there but i don't i don't feel the need to be married to my opinions or these ideas like you yeah know what i mean well, why, I why not for a different game right do any of you feel yeah. like you have to defend your opinions for a different game to the nth degree that we experienced in black ops 4 the well, game gets so tribal though that i think i think it's I think there's something like human nature about it, though. Okay. Yeah. Yes. You know, especially yes. When yes. You get, especially when you get really wrapped up in it. Like, I think, mm -hmm. I think people have a hard time, like, falling out of that. And it's almost, I think, a little idealistic to say that everybody should just take it easy and not take these sure. things so seriously. Very true. Very true. Um, but, like, you ha absolutely had the right mindset, Chopper, I think, of it's like, like just taking it less seriously. Mm -hmm. and not needing to have strong opinions on stuff it, it took yeah, me it, over two years like... to get that maturity on call of duty zombies i'm i'm not uh exempt from it either i was definitely right. a sour little grumpkin for the entirety of black ops 4 mm -hmm. it's something it's something that we all work on you know none of us are going to be um totally perfect at that but i think for me the the best thing i could do was again step away for a little bit and then um try to try to improve myself in other areas and then that gave me an entirely new way of looking at not only life but also zombies to that degree and mm -hmm. it's like now like now now i'm a, I'm a lot better at listening to 
I think what other people have to say in their opinions, and in this case, particularly zombies, that, and I don't have to be married to any one of my ideas. I'm like, oh, you know, that, like, that's a good point that you bring up. Like, mm -hmm. you don't have to be, so many people in this community, I think are super tied down to what they believe and how they believe it when it comes to zombies. I completely agree God with for, you. God forbid we attack Garad Crovey on this show. <laughs> we all know. We all know. Well, you that's what you for that. I've been very thankful for the the mainframe series to really help me with that perspective, that eye opening perspective of. I think I forget when it happened a little while ago, about a half a year or a year ago. Um, it really dawned on me. It's like this game is such a freaking opinion based game. Every map is so different. Whenever I have to hear people tell me what the definitive best map is, it's just like you're telling someone what their favorite color is. It's like, it's like, yeah, no, no. like he likes blue. He likes blue. I, it's like, well, Rex, I, I remember Lex tore me apart yeah. for my uh, power rankings of uh, of zombies maps I made like a year ago or two years ago. Yeah. And uh, I know I have controversial opinions on zombie maps. Yeah. Like that's that 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 I've accepted. Yeah. I, I I'm like in the minority for most of my opinions. Sure. But oh man, I was just getting trashed for it. I'm like. <laughs> Am I not allowed to have an opinion? Well, I, I think it comes from zombies seemed more like you, at least we pretended it could be objective, right? There are definitely better maps here or there. Um, and there are maps that seem to play more fun and more people like them. But as time's gone on, I very much came to the conclusion that, well, if you like RPG elements, you're going to like a certain map better. If you like grinding, you're going to like a certain style in a game a little better. If you like deep narratives and lots of little Easter eggs inside a map, you're going to like certain maps better. And you can't blanket that throughout the community. Literally, people right. are going to be oriented to a specific play style. That's why they literally have different genres of gaming. And zombies was an FPS, but like you said, what genre haven't they touched so far? What game mechanics haven't they borrowed so far? And that's what's really helped zombies spread out, but also caused this division problem where people were like, well, I, I thought this was the best, and zombies is zombies. It's the Mr. Incredible thing. Math is math! And maybe it's not. Uh, math is math. But for zombies, maybe not so much. Maybe each map does sort of exist in a more, is this an RPG? Is this more you know, uh, FPS oriented in one uh, respect or another. It, it all comes down that. to the, the individual, their preferences and the individual map, I think, right. too, is the most fundamental part of it. And then at that point, then you can't really blanket statement anything. Yeah. And that's what I've noticed. It's, yeah. There's almost nothing about zombies that you can fully blanket statement, I feel like. Because everything Rounds. is so individually nuanced. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, besides the very core mechanics. And that's why yeah, yeah. you lose identity when that's all that's left. And I think that's what hurt BO4. Don't want to harp on it, even though I am. Sorry to beat the dead horse. But the sandbox mechanic is like, well, the rounds are still changing, right? So it's still zombies. But then, you know, you compare a Nocturne Toten to a Shangri-La to a Revelations. And you go, what? What? <laughs> Those are the same game? Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. All right. It's it's absolutely weird that like knocked and say like I guess revelations are in the same world. I I, I love it. From I, where we start to where we end up. It's. I think that point Chopper made today is going to stick with me for quite a while. That when you literally put Nocturne Toten or the Giant and Revelation side by side. You get a comparison of where we came from and even within the same game, how drastically different 
map to map is. And I don't know we've known that, but it's just that's such a nice, clear example. I, I like that a lot. Uh, do we want to do topic time? Yeah, we can do topic time. <laughs> we can. I, I, I'm fine with still talking the conversations, but I think I think more Ultimate conversations noob. spawn out, out of it. Ultimate Noob 23 says, uh, what do you think are the most underrated maps across all COD games? Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I like the Frozen Dawn, man. God damn. I won't say, I won't say the obvious one. Yeah. Um, well, he said all COD games. So let's try, let's start with World War II, IW, and ExoZombies first. Because those so you are. You want to just go game by game by game? Okay. Pick a map game by game that you think is underrated. Sure. I would say so World at War. Yep. There's only four maps. That's that doesn't count. Nah. Yeah, it's hard to say what's They're underrated in that. You know, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Um, <laughs> we don't have to see. That's that's fair though. We can we can just say yeah, maybe we, no. We can move on from that and be like, there's not really an underrated map. I think they're all rated probably fairly on on World at War. Black, uh, Black Ops. I'm leaning right now Call of the Dead, but I, I I think that might not be actually that underrated. Yeah. I was gonna say that's a, that's pretty rated. Yeah, map, yeah. I feel like. Shang yeah. King came a long way. Shang would have been underrated. I, I, that's I didn't want to say Shang because people have kind of done a one eighty on yeah. Shang. Uh, Moon is fine. Ascension the is reason, fine. The, re the reason I throw Call of the Dead out there is because I think Call of the Dead was a well designed map. Mm -hmm. But I think because it doesn't have like that wonder weapon that's always killing and it doesn't mm -hmm. have traps, so people don't think of it as a map. We're gonna like let's let's go do a round one hundred stream on Call of the Dead. You know. Mm -hmm. I think it doesn't get as much love. Right. Mm -hmm. That's fair. It's a fair perspective to offer. Um, I, yeah, even five and Kino, I think they're rated just fine. <laughs> I don't yeah, think like they're five, secretly... five, I think is I, I think five is underrated for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Black we... Ops two. Uh, you know my answer, so I won't say it. Rise. <laughs> what about you, Chopper? Do you have an underrated map on uh, Black Ops two? Oh, gosh. Um... The, the thing is, like, <laughs> because BO2 was so diversified in that way, and there was really something for everyone in yeah. a lot of ways, is there an underrated map on BO2? Because you, I could say, like, I'm not, it's not my, it's not my choice, but I could say, like, transit. But it's like, is it underrated? Because a, a lot of casual gamers who started on BO2 will be like, dude, I love that map. It's, it's yeah. not underrated yeah. at all. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It's, non, such, a hard, it's, non, like, it's such a difficult question. Love transit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mm. So is it under, that's the question. It's like, I don't know. Can I? Yeah. Can I call every map underrated by the fact that I think Origins is overrated? <laughs> well, you know, like I, yeah, I, I personally think Origins is a little overrated. Yeah. So I think mm -hmm. then when you place every other map in Black Ops Two in comparison to it, then it devalues them. I guess. I don't know. Okay. I. You know, what I want to point out about Origins is I think Origins Bo Two is a technical development masterpiece, and that's why I think it gets a lot of praise because it pushed boundaries, and that might be why so many people hold it so much higher than it necessarily might be worth because Origins might not be... I mean, do you really want to play Origins every single day of your life? You don't want to play any Zombies map every single day of your life. Origins is no different from the rest of the pack. Though Origins is a solid map, to be fair. But remember, we, I mean, just from the Zombie Chronicle interviews and stuff like that, how they were like down to their last bit of RAM, the, the little bit of management just to make sure they could get the robots in. They couldn't afford to get all the perks in. So, ah, Wonder Fits, let's get that in the game. They just pushed it as far as they could technically. But as a map, you know, it's just Origins, you know? It's a great point. It's a great point. The chat's agreeing with me, so I'm right. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, BO3, I think the giant, I think you've turned me around yeah, to be the giant being underrated. Say, yeah. yeah, you really turned me on to that today. 
Um, I agree with that. Bo four. Well, well, let's do Treyarch and then we'll jump to the other ones now okay. since we're on a roll here. Bo four. Potentially Tog. I want to go classified. I I like the way classified plays. I feel like it's one of the more simpler maps, and I prefer simplicity in my zombies maps. Okay. I think it has a real pick up and play feel that other maps don't. Yeah, I I, I, I can, can get behind that. Too. I'll get behind that. I I can feel that. Um, mm -hmm. I W, which was the most underrated map in Infinite Warfare Zombies. I don't know. They all went over pretty well, didn't they? I would say by the end. Except, yeah, by the end. Um, mm. I like. The problem is, it's like Spaceland's definitely got its. I'd love, actually say Shaolin for that. No. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Reed and I were just talking about this today, but I've never played Shaolin. I hate it for a future episode. I hate Shaolin so much. I hate the Easter really? egg of Shaolin. I I despise the Easter egg of Shaolin Shuffle, uh, but you know, playing with the Kung Fu, that shit's fun. Like that, mm -hmm. I'll give you that. That's a lot of fun, and it was really cool. Then you could upgrade them as well. There was definitely mechanics inside Shaolin that I really, really liked. Uh, but the Easter egg made me want to gouge my eyes out. It was. <laughs> I can't really defend the Easter egg it's too much. It's so bad. Yeah, the, the boss fight is fairly interesting, <laughs> which is where it gets points for me. That's fair. Uh, but doing it three times, having twenty different spawns for symbols, having a Morse code step that you have to type. Oh. oh. That stuff just grates on my nerves. Yeah, that one's a bit rough. I would do Rave in the Redwoods because I like how quick it is. Rave seems like such, a, like you said, a jump-in map. I can do the Easter egg in like 40 minutes if I really want to. And I don't want to just define the map by Easter eggs. I like how you didn't start with any weapons. You had you got to pick up melee weapons to start the map. And it did a lot of little things, the aesthetics. I think Rave might be a little... It was ahead of, it was ahead of its time. It stole the... Or Tog stole the Pack-a-Punch Island from it. Yeah, it, it did. Look at that. Ahead of its time. <laughs> Uh, what was yours, John? I want to say rave, but like the problem is, like I think, I think Spaceland and uh, the last Be Beast from Beyond got yeah. a good amount of love. Sure. So you know they're out of they're out of contention. Yes. Um, I didn't like Radioactive Thing very much, so that doesn't need to get any attention. Yeah. And I didn't play Shallon, so I think I gotta go rave. All right, by default. Fair enough. Um, World War Two. What map do you think is the most underrated for World War II zombies? Well, I would. The thing is, my answer would. I would say the Final Reich, but I also think a lot of other people like that. So I don't think that's actually underrated. Yeah, but I, no. thought that was, I thought that was a solid map. In comparison uh, to Treyarch games, certainly underrated, but I think that's one of the best yeah. maps, if not the best yeah. map, is the Final Reich. I agree. I can never remember this map's name. The Shadow oh, Throne. So, yeah. I can, I, yes. DLC 2. With a lack of confidence. Yeah, the blimp. blimp. Yeah. I, I thought yeah. I thought really cool transitional boss fight to the blimp. That was cool. Um, I liked what they did with mini scenes within the map, where like you'd enter a room and then there'd be a zombie yeah. devouring a person. I thought yep. that was a nice way to build in a little bit of storytelling mm -hmm. into your map without like, here's a radio or here's a cutscene. Mm -hmm. You know, it built the world. Yeah, the melee agree, weapons were really cool. I liked how the knife could get you shields back if you use it properly. If you saved, you could give a pack a punch weapon to the smuggler and he would live and he would give you back bonuses cool little things like that uh were really nice touches i think the shadow thrones there the darkest shore is a bland map i know it's an absolutely hated map i will not give it the underrated because i think it's rated pretty fairly but i i 
I, there was a lot of things I really did like in, in that map. So it's one of those, that's more like a guilty pleasure, I would say, is the darkest shore to me than a underrated map. I think the Shadow Throne probably slides in there and potentially, see the t Tortured Path, I really like. From a perspective, it's a very different take on zombies and it's arcade. And the arcade feel to the Tortured Path to me, I liked how it approached zombies differently during a time where I was burnt out on zombies, right? We were having the same formula over and over again and i really liked how it changed and approached that formula differently so that sort of gets into someone that's like well i really wanted an rpg element but instead i got this arcadey zombies i think it fits that niche really well for that type of player but if you're not that type of player but screw that right that torture path sounds like a literally a torture to play so just floating all that out there it's fair rating yeah it's a fair rating right there uh, <laughs> uh extinction Oh, actually, I, I played I played um, these with pizza the other day. Ooh. Uh, we did uh, an extinction thing, so they're kind of fresh in my mind. Yeah. DLC 3, I believe, is called Awakening. Okay. Is that the one where it's know, underground? I don't you guys remember that. With, it's the, like, with the, like, the jumping or the floating? Yeah. You ha you ha mm -hmm. It was like, um, it's sort of in these weird mushroomy caves. And yeah. It's, uh, it's a really unique setting. Um, And I, I think I'd only played it once before then, but it's really fresh in my mind, and that actually did a lot for... Not only that map itself, but I just think for good ideas to have in in a in a, in a co-op mode, mm -hmm. um, that that went over really well. I think a lot of people forget about that map because even I did. But mm -hmm. re after revisiting, I'm like, yeah, that was actually that was pretty cool. That was neat. So, do you have a gameplay mechanic in particular that jumped um, out to you on was, that map? So there's a sequence at the end where there's these four like you enter essentially this big like Star Trek looking pillar thing. Yeah, and there's these four like obelisks that you have to defend. Yeah. Um. And because the way extinction works, the way that you defend it with your equipment or how you split teammates is really crucial in that. Um. Mm -hmm. And if one goes down, I think your game ends. So it's like, it's balancing almost all of your resources equally among all those things, communicating with your team and and being able to manage all that was like, it was it was done really well in that map. And can we just awesome. say extinction as a whole like is back. underrated? Yeah, I enjoyed Reed like when we were playing it yeah. not long ago, and like we had a fit, like there was a fair bit of teamwork going on between the two of us. That's one of the topics for a mainframe episode is I have on my little board is was extinction ahead of its time question mark, and god damn it, it's like it was not well received. People weren't interested in playing extinction. It it had a lot of great mechanics that we're even talking about right now. What we want to see in Black Ops Four back in the day. It's fascinating to see this and to hear Chopper unprompted bring that up as well, like what he liked about it and certain mechanics that are being brought through. There are solid ideas behind the co-op mode in Extinction, and I'm just I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised absolutely. I came around to it. I remember <laughs> not liking it at all, and now I think there's a lot of really good merit to it. Um, I, Exozombies. I, think, I was going to say, oh, no, I please think continue. a lot of people that... Um... Well, I was with you. I didn't really think I would like Extinction either. But again, it, it, kind of going back to what I said earlier of reopen, it, it's like the idea of a, a door had to be closed before it could be reopened. And when I reopened the door for Extinction, not looking at it in a way to compare to zombies, but just as its own entity, um, entire entirely different experience. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think if you can maintain that, it's worth giving um, Extinction or just any other third mode in general another shot mm -hmm. if you're able to do that and, and completely separate it from. I'm going to compare this to zombies. Yeah. I'm amazed Absolutely. how important context that was, is. That was what killed it, I think, when it launched. So, mm -hmm. yeah. 
you know, it being the zombies replacement. Yes, and it was marketed that way. It's it's the co-op mode, and people they literally marketed like we always got to have that co-op mode, and people are like, this isn't this isn't zombies. Like, so this isn't as good as zombies. Mm-hmm. Take it away. Different perspective. Context is unbelievable how it impacts the reception of a game. That's why, uh, as time's gone on, like I think we use the example that the Empire Strikes Back wasn't too well received. Even the plays from one of the the most Shakespeare. Shakespeare plays weren't well received when they first came out. Authors will die and then their books will become critically acclaimed. It's amazing how important context is to a medium that is a form of entertainment, literature, or art. It's really cool to point out. Uh, And finally, Exozombies. I'm going to go with Carrier. No, I think everyone likes Carrier. I really enjoyed Plinko. Oh, I also like I, I also like the uh, the wonder weapon on that map. That was a cool wonder weapon. Um, I'll say descent. I think a lot of people hate descent, and I liked it because it was my pseudo Atlantis. <laughs> I didn't like I didn't like descent. I never yeah. felt like I was underwater. Yeah, I agree. If Big weakness. Yeah, it was just another. Yeah, no, completely. It's just another Atlas facility. There's barely any water, so if I would literally go in the rooms where I could see the fish tanks to the ocean, and I'd be like, "This is nice. I like this." <laughs> All right, next topic time question. Right. Moving on down to topic time. Uh, Joe E., Mr. Burger, says, uh, Hello, gentlemen. Hope you guys had a good Easter. Chopper, oh, pleasure God. to hear slash see from you. Uh, hey. What are your opinions, if any, on the rumors for the next Resident Evil game that's in development? What do you think? Resident Evil 4 remake, other older remakes, or Resident Evil 8? This I is for Yuri. I heard it was Resident Evil 4. I'm not really interested in playing Resident Evil 4 because this is where things start getting wacky and crazy. And I'm I'm more interested in like a Resident Evil 8 that carried on the story after 7. Or uh, even Code Veronica seems like the actual sequel to Resident Evil 2 and 3. But Resident Evil 4 starts to get to 5, starts to get to 6. And it's, it's a completely different series. You want to talk about zombies being different? Going from like survival horror to an action fighter. It's it's laughable. There's a good review by Rav. I forgot his name again. He is amazing. I, I binged almost all of his videos. I'm going to get the link. His name is Rav. Ray... I know you're talking about, but I don't remember. Rav. I can't even say his name. I have him now. It, uh, you watch his Resident Evil thing. It's, just, it's like the best, worst game. Ray Sevick. C E V I C K. I told, I don't remember his name. He is excellent, excellent reviewer, and he definitely has a lot of Call of Duty reviews that are really, really good. Um, another good reviewer is Joseph Anderson. But with any reviewer, I always recommend you got to know where they're coming from, so that'll help inform whether you like the game or not. Uh, Joseph Anderson's the type of guy that's like, there are no ten out of ten games. There are no flawless games. Anybody that gives a game a ten out of ten is crazy. All right, but he's gonna go and make a four-hour video talking about all the best things it does and all the worst things it does, and he's gonna go into a massive essay why ray approaches it in a very different perspective see they're saying it's confirmed to be resident evil 4 yeah i heard that that's why i heard on twitter they confirmed that capcom gave a green light to resident evil 4 and i'm just like (laughs) i'm just not interested in the resident evil 4 but he talked about in one of his videos there's a resident evil ones uh i think it's like the best worst game i've ever played and it's laughable how bad resident evil 6 is and he him and his friends didn't play the originals so they're basically playing through it and laughing the entire time it's one of the best co-op games he's ever played because it's basically a 
a good bad movie. It's just so laughably bad. They're having so much fun with it. So that's uh, something I want to offer to that individual that talked about all that. And that's a little Resident Evil stuff like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, Cap- Captain Murphy asks, uh, John slash Reed, have you watched Tiger King yet? Did no. For a good bonus episode. No. That's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to watch it as a bonus episode. Uh, Caboose also asked, uh, any shows, books, or hobbies you guys have gotten back into while quarantined? So yeah, yeah. yeah yeah how's um, your quarantine been chopper yeah. um in terms of like uh content and like making stuff it's it's been pretty much the same although i've started reading a lot more hell and yeah i've also tried i've started like picking up um other games that i guess i maybe didn't not give consideration to but i guess didn't think i had time for but now i guess i kind of do so that's pretty much been it i've been reading a lot and and enjoying other games that i actually haven't made any content on um, and the reason for that is, I think I think it's a good idea to at least, for for us as creators to have a game that has no pressure to make content on. So it just it's just straight up like a passion thing. Like it, it keeps your love for gaming there. Mm. Um, yeah, it's important. To, I think it's important to keep at least one of those like pure. And for Absolutely. me, I've been I've been playing a lot of Smash Ultimate. Yeah, that's been I like, saw, my, that's been like I, my pure I, game. I saw your um I saw your Joker clip. I was Dude. like, I think my Roy could take your Joker. <laughs> Dude, we'll have we'll have to we'll have to throw the hands up. But yeah, it's so it's mm. like I haven't I haven't even once considered making content on that just because I I want yeah. that to remain pure and I and I've been reading a lot as well. So um, I do that exactly with my Switch. So like I'll play way too much Mario Kart online, but I will never make a Mario Kart video. I will never make a Switch video, or I'll never make mm-hmm. a Smash video. Like yeah, I've heard this thing. It's like people don't have hobbies anymore. Like yeah. everybody tries to turn their hobbies into a side hustle yes but you know keeping those things that there is no pressure you're just doing for fun i think is hugely important yes very much so um D i've been getting into that's very much one of them i got back to painting i'm not trying to sell painted figures or make products or anything like that i have an airbrush and i just have fun sometimes turning my brain off and just coloring things that is super nice to do uh hobby time i got into the site series which i'll link in chat i really really enjoyed those I, i've gotten like two days i talked about this previously during my uh quarantine i just blew through those books they were really fun they're young adults so like take it with a grain of salt but it's a really nice fun sci-fi book that was an easy read i would recommend um oh there's some other hobby things i had doing during this quarantine it's been i've been busy it's just non-stop i, I always have something to do which is nice inside the quarantine and i definitely recommend people keep trying to pick up those little hobbies to to keep your mind going uh, what's the damn? You, do you want to hear? No, nah, never mind. Keep going. What's the next question? Yeah, I was, never mind. I was say, this is the best time to learn something new. Yes. In my opinion. Yeah, All the time in the I world to, to try and uh, learn something new. So I was like thinking about maybe trying to pick up an instrument, although I'm not super musically inclined yeah. naturally. The mm-hmm. rest of my family is oddly enough, but I'm just like the odd one out. Nice. Um, but I was like, you know, maybe maybe I'll get a try with all this extra time, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been using a lot of this quarantine time to like work on side projects or like clean up other little projects that I've had like on the back burner. Like I recently, I finally got around to cleaning up like my zombies timeline I made. Oh yeah, like, I made one. I made one like three years ago that was like it it functioned well, but it looked like shit. But then I went I went in the other day in Photoshop. I'll post a link um, and made the timeline actually a lot nicer and cleaner to use. Um, that's something I did. Also been running way too much. I think I ran like 35 miles last week. Wow. That's so awesome. That's, been, that's my quarantine. Good on you. Um, 
Harley Quinn, I also recommend that show. I think I brought it up again. I've been binging season two and trying to watch as much as I can of the Harley Quinn animated series. That's hilarious. It's a adult. It's basically Rick and Morty, but in the Batman universe. It's terrific. Hmm. All right, last one from I Am The Senate says, uh, <laughs> Hey, Reed and John, hope everything's going well and everyone's safe and healthy. My question is, what do you guys think of a buff and tough system for the next Treyarch game? These okay. buffs and toughs nerfs would be earnable with specific challenge and maps specific. These are grand players' rewards for playing the game a lot that make the game a bit less tedious while continuing or while still counting towards records and Easter eggs. The toughs and nerfs would allow for players to challenge themselves while still being able to reward them for using it. Sounds and like a giving bonuses like liquid divinium. Sounds like a mix of skulls from Halo and uh, challenges from Ancient Evil. And it's, 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 yeah, it's like well, I think the the devil's in the details with this one. I think yes. because like, is it? I guess because with like extinction teeth, like because again, I re recently looked at that system and it's mm -hmm. like there were there were relics and teeth, and so like relics made the game harder on you, and then teeth were like these really sort of. Uh, this extra thing you do on the UI to make your game infinitely easier. Um, and so I think like, I mean, in theory, the concept isn't bad. It was just, I think it's too broadly questioned for me to say yes or no on that. Cause I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, I think the details are, I think the details are what matters most when it comes to something like that. I completely agree because it, it's like the daily challenges, right? Track will be like, we're going to give you guys daily rewards and daily challenges. And it's like, Stick ten landmines and you get a liquid divinium. And it's like, well, that didn't really enhance my my process. They put contracts in the game. Some people really like contracts. That's what they grind for. I saw somebody chat or in one of my previous videos being like, that is what I love about Black Ops Four. I love loading in my map, going my fifteen rounds, collecting my contracts, and do and then turning it off. That drives me nuts. Like I I have no interest in that. So again, it depends on the implementation of the systems. I think there's there's definitely something there, but. I think there should be less reward focus. Like, you know, you'll get a liquid divinium if you do this challenge mm -hmm. because then it kind of steers it towards like something simple, like plant 10 landmines. Mm -hmm. I feel like they should be striving for things that like when I do accomplish this, like mm -hmm. I, I go through a certain, I go through a certain extinction level with this, um, with this relic on that I feel like I've accomplished something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, gameplay boost. I think it's more important. Instead of getting currency to spend on something else just give it to us in game give us the the chance to wear the the mask in game that makes us kill bosses faster or do a little more damage or instantly teleport to pack a punch and go rod what an excellent buff to a reward for the game for doing the dumb uh, dragon wings it's 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 a good system mm -hmm. so that's it for uh topic time this week okay got a lot of donations a lot of them Jeff donated 10 bucks. Hey, Reed and John, I just want... I'm going to move this up here so, I'm, so it looks like I'm reading toward the camera. Sorry. Uh, hey, Reed and John, just wanted to donate and let you guys know what a great job you guys always do. Oh, you're being too nice. We have tech issues all the time. Look at you buttering us up. I have listened to every single Zombros, hot damn, while studying for my law degree at uni. Good for you, Jeff. You two are I such an amazing member. Listen to the old episodes. Yeah, they're pretty rough. They're pretty rough. You two are such amazing members of the community. Keep up the great work. Well, that was a fluff donation, if I've ever seen one. We appreciate the kind words. Thank you very much. Gave us much. money and complimented us. Not used to this. Normally, people pay to tell us well, what assholes you, we are. 
How dare you? Wow. I, I'm not used to that. That is really, really nice. Thank you Speaking very which, much. Do you guys remember when YouTube did that thing where, like, if a super chat was deemed offensive, it would go to a charity? So, like, people could just roast the creator and then oh. also do it for a good cause. Do you guys remember that? No, I never wow. heard of that. That's yeah, that was, amazing. That for a while. I don't think I don't think I don't know if they do it anymore. And I don't oh. know how YouTube deems a super chat offensive, what constitutes it and what doesn't. But sure. I thought that was ridiculous when they did that. <laughs> That's actually a fun idea. That, I can see that being for the internet. That's like an easy way to generate a lot of revenue for for a charity. Well, like it would it would suck if you're losing donations because of it. Yes. But like if you did this as a charity stream, like set up a roast stream, <laughs> that roast could actually me. be fun. Roast me and let's raise money to fight like cancer or something. Yo, you know the Paul brothers would probably make a lot of money for uh, charity if they got a roast stream. Like from get real somebody... people, like iDubs. <laughs> yeah, like do a, do a no limits like anything goes kind of stream where you roast the Paul brothers, but you have like somebody actually like reading them with like inflection. Oh, and that could be funny. Oh, and get 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 a get a group of people who are funny to then play off that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're just basically begging for like the iDubs type of creators, all that group to go and roast them. Oh, that'd be great. Funny. Um, David, once again here, week after week, it is great to see you, David. Donates that fat 999 pounds, that currency, baby. What's your thoughts on the new PS5 controller? Good good point. In console wars in general, personally, uh, personally, I think it's dumb. I prefer Xbox and PC, but to each their own, and I'm excited to see what is what each new console does. I've been out of the console wars since about 2008. Uh, when I started, when I had all three systems, when I had a PC, an Xbox, and a PS4, I don't care. Games are games. Some exclusives come to some consoles and some games. I think it's a just a tribalism. I think it's humanity. It's the idealistic idea of people. I mean, people like their brands, brand identities. There's marketing involved. There's so much into it. It's just one of those annoying facts of life. But what do you guys think about the PS5 controller? I'm curious to know. I found it really ugly. But is it actually anything? How different is it from the uh, from the from the DualShock 4. It's very different. It looks like an Xbox controller. No, I mean under the hood. Cuz Oh, I don't. But know. I I th like it looks at least the buttons like it seems like it functions the same like it has the same pad and everything. But I think it's hit. I think it's ugly. Okay, chopper. Yeah, I, I, uh I mean honestly, I don't really mind how a controller looks. What I care about is how it feels and how it plays. Sure. Um and and for me, the PS4 controller does that. It's actually one of my favorite controllers of all time. I think it plays mm -hmm. really well for me. Um so it looks strange visually, but again, I, I don't think I can fully judge it until I at least get my hands on and, and play with it. That's a fair, fair point. Um, initially, I was just like, Ugh, I don't know what I don't know about that. And then I saw publicly the reception was really positive. I was shocked to see how many people were like, hell yeah, look at this thing. It's gorgeous. I'm seeing all these palette swaps and stuff and all these. And I'm just like. This looks like the old leaks for the Xbox controller back in the day when people were like, you you, you know how they the would- Xbox 720 videos? Yes, exactly. Oh. Exactly what I was thinking about. I couldn't remember that. Yes, Chopper, yes. God damn. That's exactly what we're talking about. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, you nailed it. I'm good. I don't have to keep shut up for you. That's perfect. Um, yeah, I got all that. PS4 controller. And I, I also want to wish everybody a happy Easter. Forgot to do that to open the stream as well. Uh, I hope you all got to enjoy Easter if you celebrated it yesterday. I know it's a strange times. 
Mr. Drown, our other consistent week-to-week viewer and donator. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hopefully you three are doing well. Stay safe, wash your hands frequently, and have a good day. Much love. Thank you so much, Mr. Drown. Asteroid Delta. BO3 in general was better, has better AI, but double pack-a-punching gums bounce it to be much easier, in my opinion, even tipping the scales to be easy some maps are easier and harder and i think that very much echoed a lot of the conversations we had earlier mm -hmm. uh david ortega donates 4.99 hi zombros being grind being probably been grinding bo3 lately from the quarantine and the new glitch is there a new glitch on bo3 that allows you to rank up quick i have no idea mm. <laughs> not a clue not yeah me neither. probably to be honest uh, yeah, when I was looking up glitches for speedruns actually in BO4, it was fascinating to see because I was trying to see. I, I'm surprised we don't have a glitch run category. That still bothers me that zombies doesn't. I guess Treyarch does such a good job of making sure you can't break their game. But any major speedrun, there's glitch and glitchless runs when you do them. And it blows my mind that we don't have little cheats to do glitches to completely skip like four triggers in an Easter egg just to try and get it done. So that stuff, uh, I found Ancient Evil. There's like so few videos but they were talking about an infinite don't die glitch that you do with pegasus at the right time you buy a perk and you hit square at the right time when pegasus is going to pick you up to take you to the uh the dark place you don't end up leaving fascinating just fascinating to see how some of those do come out so that's just one glitch i figured i'd mention nikolai Bolinsky donates five pounds they should have three classic perk slots and three new perk slots in a mode called power fantasy that lets you buy every perk not a bad suggestion. Not a bad suggestion at all. I like it. Zamad Lobster donates $5 and says, Hope you're all staying safe. I recently got to round 101 on nine. Nice! And those high round runs from 60 plus keep you on your toes because of the super sprinters where in BO3, you could camp regardless of what enemy was there. It depends on the weapons I used as well. So another good point to reinforce the argument that Chopper brought up earlier about Super Sprinters changing up high round dynamics. Um, Shyama, oh my God, Shaman Bone. He did weird camel case capitalization there. I feel BO4 is a lot easier for high rounds in BO3 because of the Helion and certain perks for modifiers and specialists. Is it though? It's the... Uh... I think it's the safety net thing. That's what I always go back to with BO4. Gotcha. I think BO4 hirons are easy because, again, it's like it's almost impossible to die or, gotcha. or fail. Meryl Reed, the other day we were, playing, we were playing customs, and uh, I was about to go down, and I reflexively tried to activate my specialist weapon. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's such Could, yeah. now a habit that Black Ops 4 reinforced because it was always a get-out-of-jail-free card. Fair point. Fair point. Um, Isaac donates and he says I play BO4 almost daily for me it nailed the gameplay loop I was itching for in BO3 it has its issues but I think overall it's been a wonderful experience specialists would be something I would want nerfed if they were to come back so there's that part of the community that just loves the game they, that, there's a specific gameplay loop that BO4 definitely hit that does not hit the majority of the community Bino that reminds me of like a dinosaur name. Bino the dinosaur from some cheesy 90s cartoon. High rounds are what made me love zombies, but they don't have the same magic anymore. This encouraged me to play the game differently 
Solo Easter eggs and challenge runs are extremely enjoyable and rekindled my relationship with the mode. Um, IW in World War II is greater than Black, Black Ops for any day for him. So again, I think this builds into the type of play you are, the preferences you have, and also nostalgia is such a strong part of zombies. You might just be bored of high rounds. If you did it so much, doing something new is going to make it more interesting. So I, I think those are all factors that weren't really acknowledged during the anger phase of BO4's release and Fallout. Whew. There's the donations. Uh, Chopper, where can people who have not heard of you somehow uh, find out all your information? Where can they follow you? Your link will be um, in the chat. I just remembered I didn't put it in there, so I'm going to go do that now. <laughs> um, honestly, I've been... Uh, if they want to watch zombies, I've been playing almost every day i've been streaming zombies almost every day on twitch and then i'm gonna start probably probably uploading zombies content on youtube here pretty soon i have some ideas on what i want to do mm -hmm. um but yeah i, I mean if they want to catch stuff it's it's twitch is the place to be for that I, it's kind of weird because i think zombies was never a twitch game but it's sort of having like not a migration but it's definitely becoming more of a presence over there i would say mm -hmm. um and we'll see how that plays out with the next game and stuff and how many people are going to be on YouTube versus Twitch or whatever. But yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been doing a lot of stuff over there. So it's been really enjoyable for me. I think you bring up a good point too. And I think Twitch has a great way of having those categories where YouTube gaming doesn't. And I just updated chat with all your information. So you guys can refresh the page. And you'll be able to follow Chopper's links. Um, Lex is pulling two to 3,000 people on Twitch watching his yeah. high round runs. Playing BO3. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen on YouTube. Um, and, right. and there's that category. If he has 2,000 people watching him, it's near the top. Now, when you just browse casually on Twitch, and Twitch is a great way of doing that for all kinds of classic old games like Super Mario 64 you see on there, Super Mario Sunshine, and so on and so forth. You can name plenty of specific besides the ones that dominate, you know, PUBG, Fortnite, and Call of Duty. The stuff that's always at the top, these niche categories can get that resurgence. So I think that is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that'll be good for helping the uh, the overall community grow as well eventually i agree when everything comes full circle i completely agree and david uh last minute donation goes hi again i meant to say the new death machine glitch also so that there's a new death machine glitch should uh what are all your opinions on gobble guns should they return there, there's gotta be i don't know it depends on the system they implement um i mean we had the mods in world war ii zombies which i enjoyed you talked about teeth and the way that you optimize your builds and extinction is really interesting how there's synergy for players i think bo4 definitely catered to a lot of solo players in a way that uh turned me off as a more multiplayer guy in, in certain respects um do you guys think gobblegums should return or different form yeah uh, i guess yeah i agree with you. I, it, dep it I depends so. entirely on the system um if they wanted to take BO5, be like, okay, we're actually scaling everything back. We're making we're making zombies more bare bones, not completely, but you know, uh, smaller scale than what it was, and just more about the the mechanics of the uh, gameplay itself, and more sort of back to tower defense. Then maybe not, mm -hmm. but there is still room, I think, to have something similar to gumballs. And again, it just it depends on the system. You can't just throw gumballs in any zombie game and say, hey, this is gonna work. I completely agree. Yeah. I think part of where Gobblegums worked is that it, it made zombies a bit more arcadey, though. You know, like I can get mm -hmm. all these crazy powerful Gobblegums, I can have all these amazing effects. And I think there's absolutely a place for that. Um, but I think drop elixirs because fuck that shit. <laughs> no particular <laughs> reason. Never, the, the, never the thing with elixirs on. is like, um, it's, it's, 
it's just the worst. It, it literally oh. is just the worst version of gumballs. It's like because mm -hmm. the gumball they were a new concept from BO2. Like it's like okay, mm -hmm. this is an entirely new thing we've never seen. Elixirs were like we've seen this before. It's just under a new skin, so it's like eh. Yeah, it just felt that's why they kind of fell flat. And they're just, well, they're I'll take it a step further. Gameplay wise, it's infuriating to go from gumballs to elixirs because of the cooldown times. It drives me absolutely nuts. Yes, the momentum of game grinds to a halt because you can't keep spamming gobble gums like you could in the previous game. I wouldn't noticed if I didn't have the previous game where you know you're popping your raindrops. You would have to wait five minutes to pop the second raindrops potentially. You know, in, in some circumstances mm -hmm. with these, the way the gobble gums work are so or elixirs. So the way. The the, pricing, the pricing worked or it was like 35 50 70 depending on how many spins of whatever the nebulium yeah. um like i, I hate that because i never did like how much i had or what i could buy but i liked how it was just simple you had one liquid divinium you got one spin you got three you get three spins and you're gonna get one two or three gobblegums out of it yeah you can play Something an entire else. game and not get a gobblegums worth equivalent yeah it's or like i'll there. finish the game i'll finish a game of black ops there like okay i got three liquid divinium that means i get three new gobble guns. exactly i finish black ops 4 where i get 50 nebulium and i'm like is that even enough for a full spin i don't think so mm -hmm. something also we're thinking about with with gumballs and elixirs is like okay you have all of your elixirs on you at the at at whatever time so it's like i have access to all these but with gumballs it was if you took it to its extremes mm -hmm. it had a really unique system where like depending on your strategy and how and how you want to play your game you could you could almost influence you couldn't control it, you could influence or help your own gumball cycle like you could track it and, and do and do yes fun stuff like that mm -hmm. yes and that's completely gone with elixirs it's just like i'm yep. gonna hit one button yes you're right do the thing it's like there's 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 no forethought in that and how you plan to use gumball or uh, elixirs where that was in bo3 it like okay so for example i do be doing a high run run it's like i want to line up alchemical for let's say round like 78 i'm going to spin twice this round because i know that's going to be my last gum um and that's i think that that's missing in bo4 fundamentally if they're going to bring gumballs back i think that coming back would be beneficial i agree it's another game within the game another meta to to contemplate how many times in speed runs or even round around high round strategies you're sitting there saying like i just have to spin the machine right now i gotta cycle through so i can make sure next round i have what i need well i'm gonna lose my near death because there's three or my aftertaste and so on and so forth really good point brought up there one more last minute donation sneaking in joshua resident 3d printer uh friend hey Bro bros? <laughs> Loved the opening talk about die rise and transit topics. Do you guys think if transit had an HD makeover and its issues fixed, that it would be good to play? Well, John would probably assure you the map is perfect as it is. And I would not be as optimistic, but I would like to see it again. Uh, I, I mean, remasters are remasters. Oh, this is... Okay, you, you just made me think of something. My buddy Ryan, my my best friend in the world he's played zombies for years i brought him up over and over again he made a point to me that was so solid about our expectations of remasters we always say like more remasters right remasters are great i like having remasters but remasters up until that point were always bonus content they weren't the content itself Every remaster was a DLC extra you would buy or it was uh, a pre-order bonus and that change from people, you know, Trek being like, you want it remasters and being like, well, we thought it would be like Zombie Chronicles or BO1 or those type of remasters, not literally replacing 
it was uh, icing on the cake. Exactly, exactly. Remasters are always supposed to be icing on the cake back in the day, and they became the cake, and that's where a lot of... God damn it, stop sending last-minute donations. We're wrapping up the show. Um, but that was supposed to be... Uh, uh, that's a great distinction, I think, that was made that probably made people feel like, I'm not getting a full map right now. I'm getting a remaster, which was always icing on the cake. Here's another one. Shout out to my brother, Jason. Hey! Shout out to Jason. Okay, that's an easy one. Thank you guys so much for watching this week's episode of Zombros. Thank you, Chopper, so much for having this wonderful conversation. I loved yeah, it, it today. Great. This was, it was great. great. Thanks for having me on. This Absolutely. Was productive, I felt like. <laughs> I feel the same way as well. You guys can catch us on our next episode of Zombros, uh, probably next Sunday at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll let you know. Make sure you follow us on our Discords and on our uh, social medias, Twitter and YouTube pages. We'll let you know and update you when the next episode will be. If you want to support Zombros, to keep it going we have a patreon page you can also check that out in the description down below i believe that is everything any last minute announcements john that we have to touch on uh last minute announcements no i don't think so all right go buy my resident evil posters at uh radrendering.com i'm gonna be shipping them all out the rest of the day now i just got the restock baby and they're already almost sold out so that's great news all right that's it for realsies have a wonderful day goodbye Goodbye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Zombros. Make sure to download the podcast on iTunes and support the show on Patreon if you haven't already. If you have the time, be sure to rate the show because it helps keep the podcast going. Links will be in the description. We'll see you in the next episode.